This time on Holy Ghost Notes. <laughs> Little drummer boy. Gold, frankincense. Oh, wait, there's myrrh. I love snow. Hustle and bustle. I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas day. I'm going to turn on. Have yourself a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, the Lord called a hippotent rain. No, 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 no. No. All right, dude. Cool. All right, thanks, man. It's going to it's gonna come back to haunt me, man. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Tim and Matt, and Merry Christmas. This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Merry what's Christmas. What's going on, dude? What's going on? Oh, man, I'm happy. How are you doing? I am also very happy. Good. It's a, this is a fun time of year. It's a stressful time of year, but it's a fun time of year, yeah. you know? Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people get, like, like really um, tense and uptight, and mind yeah. you, that's definitely me at times, but, right. like... <laughs> But I just I like I actually quite enjoy the hustle and bustle of Christmas. Yeah. You know, it, they, so that, that little phrase works its way into a lot of the Christmas songs. I think for a reason because there's something yeah. exciting and joyous about like not necessarily yeah. like the lines at the shopping, you know, centers, but like yeah, just the the energy in the air. People excited to to buy. I mean, it's yeah. It's, some some people look at it as like a greedy time, like people just want to buy things and and yeah, you know. But I I see it as like people are actually trying to give, you know. Yeah. Like especially yeah. like as a parent now, like I could care. I don't have a Christmas list. I could care less what I get for Christmas. I'm just excited mm-hmm. to see my son open presents on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and yeah. excited to see my wife surprised by her gift or my family. You know, like that's what yeah. I love and I think a lot of people would agree with that I think a lot of people just uh they buy into it because it's fun to to buy for people to be generous you know yeah yeah absolutely I love Christmas everything about it I love the Christmas music I love Christmas lights oh man yeah yeah, I love snow Mm -hmm. I love snow so much I spent 37 hours (laughs) plowing I was gonna say (laughs) and the snow (laughs) do you still love snow after that (laughs) (laughs) a little bit less I like I like looking at it Uh, working it is fun for the first 20 hours the last (laughs) the last 17 get a little tired yeah no it's it's all it's all great I love family um yeah just and today you know today's going to be a good reminder of of really what it's all about because you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's about generosity. It's about giving. And mm-hmm. what 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 truer example of generosity than the biblical narrative of the Christmas story? I mean, that's yeah. literally God reached out to us um, in the person and baby of Jesus, yeah, uh, becoming human so that so that we can understand that we have someone in Jesus that that relates to us mm-hmm. um, in the in, in the truest form. God came to live among us. Um, the most amazing and miraculous form of generosity. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. And it gets lost in the busyness. It gets lost in the hustle. Today, today our goal for this Christmas episode is uh, that we wish you a very Merry Christmas by reading the, the biblical narrative of the Christmas story so that um, it makes its way into your day or your week. And then yeah. also talk and shop. We're going to talk drums. That's We're right. going to talk... Um, we're going to talk about what it's what it's going to be like going into 2021 with I don't know, some new goals and aspirations and That's right. how to how to work those things in because before we know it it's January 1 and um, it's a good time to push the reset button, mm-hmm. you know? It just yeah. is. It's a, it's a good time to say, "All right, I'm going to do this thing that I've wanted to do." Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. We realized the other day when we were talking about it that this isn't just the episode that falls on Christmas Day, but it's also the last episode of the year and you know the the next episode comes out like almost 2 weeks after the first of the year right. so like we almost have to cover new year's and christmas in one mm-hmm. so we're going to we're going to kind of split it up that way as we do drums and faith drum yeah. topic is kind of hitting on the new year and faith topics kind of hitting on christmas so yeah. Um, but yeah it's a good reminder for all of us and uh definitely something that's easily lost in the hustle and bustle despite it the, is the uh, fun of it. <laughs> so. Before we get started, I think we should start with the Christmas story, but before we get started with that, I wanted to ask you, what is your yeah. favorite and least favorite Christmas song? Favorite and least favorite. Um, okay, so if my need, least favorite. If you need some time, I can give it to you. My least favorite is, uh, um, and I forget the name of it, it's that uh, For the Lord God Omnipotent Reigneth song for <laughs> the lord god omnipotent rain oh I just, okay i just hate that not song. a fan yeah yeah it's not that i it's actually i don't even hate it i just dislike it i can't yeah. it's it's too like like as someone who writes music and and songs like i think a lot about phonetics you know mm-hmm. like when when i'm writing lyrics it has to not just like fit like the amount of syllables yeah. have to fit but it also right. has to like sound good the yeah. way it's sung, you know? And that's, like, mm-hmm. a prime example of a song that, like, there is a classic melody written, most likely if if I'm... I don't know this for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually written in another language and yeah. then they just worked different lyrics into that melody. True. And they just don't work. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and it frustrates me, you know, for no other yeah. reason than that. The lyrics are probably great, you know? I mean, I agree with that statement, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I mean, yeah. Sure. It sounds delightful. But, yeah, it sounds Truly. delightful. But uh, the song itself, I'm not a fan of. My favorite yeah. song, I really like Have Yourself a Merry Christmas, Merry Little Christmas. Something about the uh, the song is just very Christmassy. I also like, um, I guess it's called A Christmas Song, the mm-hmm. chestnuts roasting mm-hmm. on an open fire. Something have you really ever seen, Christmassy about that. Have you ever seen um, Bing Crosby's White Christmas? I have. I love that movie. I just saw it a week ago for the not even really? a week ago, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I, I've never seen it. Of course, I I started to watch it on a plane one time, and it just wasn't the right. It was like summer in Australia. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, I can't this do is, it. <laughs> this isn't right, and it's yeah. pretty long. But um, man, that, made, that movie's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's a great movie. A I classic. Love, I love Dean Martin. I love Bing Crosby. It's yeah. like they're just. Uh, I mean, the Rat Pack is classic. You know, right. I, I spent. A couple years listening to them a lot. Yeah. You know, like, yep. Between my pop punk albums, I was listening to, believe it or not, Dean Martin and <laughs> yeah, Ben Crosby. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's great. But yeah, as far as Christmas goes, I mean, they hit that, that Christmassy, you know, spot. Like, yeah. N- hit the nail on the head as far as Christmas I know. is concerned. What, what an amazing what? thing to have accomplished, though, you know? You have yeah. a song like that um, by Bing Crosby. It, it, we're always going to play Christmas songs at Christmas, right? Christmas will mm-hmm. always be here. And it's it's a sort of an anomaly in the music industry that you have a season that, that will always be there where mm-hmm. music is always associated with that season. And For this sure. song will always be associated with 
the season and the genre. So it, it's going yeah. to be on repeat for as long as there's human beings. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's, uh, talk about job security. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day, because Mariah Carey, um, her All I Want for Christmas is You, uh, hit, you know, it's back on the Billboard charts again. Um, Every year. And, like, and it's cool, like, I mean, I'm sure this was the same thing for our grandparents, you know, like, with Bing Crosby and, and, and stuff, but, like, it's funny seeing, um, this song now kind of be entered into the the hall of fame christmas music you know along with michael jackson's hits and you know like (laughs) now it's like christmas is this you know it's michael jackson it's (laughs) yeah yeah. you know and uh and it's kind of in our lifetime you know so so songs we grew up hearing uh as as kids that were new releases are now kind of the classic vintage (laughs) christmas songs you know that is funny yeah but we're old, is all you're saying. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite and least favorite? Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait on those. <laughs> you didn't prepare the answer. I, I, yeah. I need to think about it a little okay, bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have a different question for you. Okay. Actually, I, I think I know the answer to this. But uh, favorite and least favorite Christmas movie. Mm. I think I know okay. the favorite. I don't know the least favorite. Yeah, favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Is I that what you were gonna that. guess? That's not what I was going to guess. I was you were going to guess, guess Home, Alone. Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. up there too. Gosh. Um, Home Alone. Home Alone 1 and 2 are, are like second and third on my list. Mm-hmm. But but It's a Wonderful yep. Life's great. I I watched It's a Wonderful Life as a kid and the the scene where um, the scene where they're outside and, and uh, he says to Mary, Mary, look at the moon. You want the moon? I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that scene stuck with me so much so that I the artwork for Constellation is ba- is based solely yeah. on that. Um, so that's that, cool. That movie is just awesome. Um, it's a great movie. L- you say least favorite? Yeah. Was that was that another option? Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, anything on Lifetime or Hallmark. <laughs> I, I I have Hulu Live now, and it's like every time I turn yeah. on my TV, there's always another movie. Uh, I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. I'm gonna turn it on, turn yeah. it on, and start watching it for four and a half minutes. And I'm like, this is complete <laughs> trash. Who made this? Did it cost twenty thousand dollars to make, and yeah. they never got the money back out of it? Like it's, but people watch them, and yeah. you know what? They're wholesome. At, at least they're wholesome. That's, For, that's I mean, true. I guess wholesome. Family, family favorites. They're wholesome in the sense <laughs> that they don't swear, and there's nothing provocative about them. But there's also nothing edifying or productive right. about them yeah. either. So why would you subject your family to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost a sin that right there yeah yeah i feel you there yeah we've been doing pretty well on christmas movies this year my son's finally at the age where he kind of understands christmas and is excited about it knows knows what's coming knows the season um and we uh started off with home alone he loved it oh man Picked it off right and then uh we watched the santa claus um with tim allen which is another now it's i guess a classic it wasn't i mean it was you know, again, yeah. a new release when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now it's classic. Uh, and then we watched Home Alone 2, and he loved that as well. And yeah. uh, I'm not sure if he's ready for Die Hard, but I think Die Hard's probably my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie. <laughs> that is a great Christmas movie. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That is a great... I, I, I will say my, my least favorite Christmas song, funny enough, is Little Drummer Boy. The Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, that's funny. Ironically enough, yeah, yeah, it's just not. Did you ever see the movie, the Claymation Drummer Boy movie? 
No. Now this is like old. Okay. Like real old. Like back when like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Clean okay. came out. Okay. Seen that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It's creepy, man. It's a creepy movie. Yeah. <laughs> All the more reason for it to be my least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Haven't even seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on here. So this is the yeah. part where we switch gears and yeah, let's kick it off read... this time. Let's kick it off with our with our faith topic, Christmas. Okay, let's do that. All right. Yeah. So the Christmas story. Um, all right. You ready? I'm ready. Take it away. All right. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration where Quirinius was governor of Syria and all who went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praying God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it, as it had been told them. There's something, there's always something chilling about hearing that story. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, no matter what, I mean, I've heard this story more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but still every time it's, it's, um, sobering and humbling. Mm-hmm. It is. Because it's, it's, um, you know, whether, whether you're, uh, a Christian or not, obviously this, you know, this story is one that's, that's told in a, in a number of different religions actually mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's not even just a you know a story that that lives within the christian bible um and and it's just a the representation of of god coming down to earth humbling himself i mean it is the truest act of love you know mm-hmm. i mean like i think about well, now I was gonna give a really bad example. I'm choosing not to, uh, <laughs> but but I just I I mean I can't even think about um, you know taking a part of myself and humbling it to my creation, 
that I don't I don't owe anything to my creation. I literally gave my creation life, you know, mm-hmm. and I am being one with that creation mm-hmm. as a sign of of love. Mm-hmm. And I mean that this is this is before we even get to like his death mm-hmm. <laughs> or right. his teaching. You know, this is just him being born. Uh, it's just wild, you know. I'd like I'd like to look at what you just talked about. God God essentially reaching out to us. Yeah, he didn't have to. He made the decision to. Um, so I I have a few notes. I have a few notes I want to go over that I jotted down the other day, and then. Um, I'd like to know what you think about them. You know, I'd like okay. to know what yeah. your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening to this, Merry Christmas from the start. Yeah, uh, I I hope that this I hope this I hope that this episode um, points points all of our hearts in a direction that gives us peace and comfort and joy and love um, more more necessary than in any a, any time in my lifetime at least this has been a tumultuous year and we could all use yeah. it so that's that's my For hope sure. in all of this mm-hmm. and you know what that's that that's pray before we get into this is that all right let's do it i don't yeah. know we've done let's that do before it, man. all right we have never done that i like that all right i'll i'll pray and then you can close all right okay <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to get together with a friend and with our friends in the Holy Ghost Notes community and talk about you and talk about what you've done for us. And um, the story of Christmas, it's a story that chills us to the bone because it reminds us what kind of God we serve, a God that is powerful enough to do whatever he feels necessary and yet humble enough to become one of us. And not only that, but to give his life for us. I pray that today we can learn something new about our lives because we are learning something new about you. And um, we just thank you for what you've done for us on the cross and all the way back to your birth, which is what we are celebrating today. Mm. Yes, God, and I just thank you for even your, your, your presence even now here in this drum room and i'm sure in matt's studio just just thank you for uh for being with us uh thank you for being emmanuel god Mm -hmm. with us thank thank you for that thank you for uh you know uh for superseding your death (laughs) thank you for um for saving us thank you for um allowing us to rejoice in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for your love and uh, just thank you for this time of year. And uh, I pray for every single person listening to this episode right now. Um, and I just thank you that you're with them too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, okay, so if Jesus walks out on the stage, you're seated in the theater. Where you're seated in the theater will affect how you see Jesus, right? right. So if you're in the yep. balcony or the mezzanine, how you see him, how he comes out, how he stands, how he looks, it's, it's all going to be affected by how you're seated. Hmm. How you view Jesus changes what he looks like, but Jesus yep. doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Jesus doesn't change. He walks out on the stage and he is who he is, how we how we view him does change, but it certainly does not change him. 
Mm-hmm. It's our view that's changed. But you know what? We might not even see him based on where we are seated in the theater. Okay, so God, God doesn't lose track of us. He knows where we are at all times in our lives, whether we are in a place of difficulty and challenge, whether we are in need, or whether we are flying high and life is good. There, there are days when, when we can ask God to show up and we feel like he does. And there are days when we ask God to show up and we're just met with this silence. Mm-hmm. There was a time two years ago when, when I was, was going through a tough time and I cried out to God and he met me in a very real way. Six months later, I was in a similar, similar, uh, maybe not six months, a couple months later, I was in a similar place and I felt completely alone. Yeah. Paul is pushed out on the streets to preach, right? Everything was spiritually charged at the time. He felt like he was close to God. He felt like uh, God was close to him. God was tracking him in the man that is Jesus. We, it's, it's easy for us to feel more like um, someone who is an outcast oftentimes and far away from Jesus than someone like Paul who is close to him. I feel more times in my life like I'm an outcast, far away from God, you know, yeah. than someone yeah. who's close to him. For sure. <clears throat> so as I, think about, as I think about what Jesus did, in giving his life for us, I think about a God who is willing to reach out to us. He knows where we are. We might feel like he's close to us. We might not. But like we started off by saying, where we are seated in the theater of life changes how we view him. We might mm-hmm. be seated in a place that we don't see him at all. It does not mean he's not there. Yeah. It does not mean he's not there. And it does not mean that our view of him changes who he is. If you believe in the Bible, if you believe that it's God-breathed, if you believe that Jesus did come to earth and he died and he gave his life, then you have to believe that who he is is a God that not only loves us, but he hears us, he understands us, because he lived among us. He's not just some distant God. And when we are, as I was in a place where I'm crying out and I feel completely alone. My view in the theater might be what is affecting the disconnect that I feel from him. It's not that he doesn't see me. It's not that he doesn't track me. Yeah. Okay. So as I think about what Jesus has done for me, it makes me want to change. Why does this religion that people try to make the center of their lives, their status, their geography, their politics, their their demographic, what, why, why is it, why is it that when we try to squeeze God into what we want him to be, it seems like God explodes those barriers. Like God, God does not want to be confined to the walls that we establish around him. Oh, well, you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian. Oh, well, you can't be, uh, you you already see where I'm going with this, right? I'm I'm, 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 I'm not going down that rabbit trail too far. It's going to, it's going to come back to haunt me, man. Like I already started, I I already opened up that can with that statement alone. Right. All right. 
God doesn't like that. Don't do that to God. As, yeah, and yeah. if you don't believe me, look all throughout history. If you try to confine God to a place of geography, to a political dimension, to a demographic, God levels it. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Sorry. Like, right. It's like it's like you're it's like you're packing everything into this little space, and in the middle of that space is a grenade that's just going to blow the walls down. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. Merry and, freaking Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> you filthy animal. So, so here we have in Christianity a religion that that won't let itself have a geographic center. Mm-hmm. It's a religion that isn't bound by a language. It's it's not bound by. A demographic, it's not it's not bound by a political party. It's bigger mm-hmm. than all of that. And yet, and here's the amazing thing to me, it's humble enough to come in the form of a baby, an infant, where there is no room, no room to host his birth. There's <laughs> yeah. there's there's no room. And in fact, the only the space that there is, man. the only Oof. space that there is 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 next to a donkey and a sheep. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I mean, that's humility. So it's big enough a to- jackass to, and, a, and a sheep. <laughs> jackass and a sheep. I mean, come on. This is a powerful, powerful, powerful yeah. God who will mm-hmm. not be restricted to what we as human beings feel like we have the right to restrict him to or whatever fits into our mold. And yet at the same time, it's humble. He is humble and loving enough to come in the form of Jesus- live among us and die for us. Yeah. That will move us to a place of change. It will move us to a place of peace. It will move us to a place of joy. It will move us to a place of love. He wants you so badly that he will let you call him by the wrong name. <laughs> I love that. For a while until you get that. it right. Yeah. He will yeah. let you call him by the wrong name for a while until you get it right. That's how badly he wants you. He wants you. Mm. That's why he came. He came because he wants you. He wants me. And he seems to have an envy for those that are far away, that feel like they're crying out and there's no one remotely close to hear them. He seems to have a certain affection for those people. He just does. Mm. The Pharisees yeah. did not catch his eye. They 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 were not in his they were not in his in his view. Because yeah, he didn't even tolerate them. He didn't tolerate them. <laughs> he he blew their walls down and said, "See, I'm not welcome yeah. here. I, I'm going to those who have a desperate need for something, because I want them." He will let you call him by the wrong name for a while until you realize, okay, I think I got it right, because he wants you. He believes that he can reach you, and then he can change your heart. Mm-hmm. He can change your heart, and he can call you a son or a daughter. He reaches out to us and he stays with us because he wants us. I believe yeah. that God loves us. I believe that not because I always feel it, but because I look at the life of Jesus and I see someone who was incredibly offensive to everybody, cultures, any culture, every culture, any type of city dweller or country dweller, it didn't matter who you were, what you were, where you lived. What Jesus said was offensive. And the reason it was offensive is because we base everything that we do on our set of norms, our culture, our view of politics. And what he was saying that was so offensive is those things cannot be primary in your life. Yeah, I want that right. space because I want you. 
I envy that space that you have for that thing or that person. I need to be there in your life because I want you. 100%. And, and, and so it was offensive to everybody. And we were talking about this in the inner circle conversation, but Tim, I'm serious. Dude, we got, we got, I got some of this wrong in, in, in that today we like to strip away some of the things that are offensive. We like to get rid of the, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Like read that real quick, right? And just get to the part mm-hmm. where God says, I love you, the outcast. I love you, the prostitute. Mm-hmm. I love you, the broken. That makes us feel warm and tingly inside. But the, the prior part where God's talking about there is no way to the Father except through me, that offends us. But here's the funny thing. And it offends us because we live in the westernized world. In more traditional cultures, the very offensive thing would be that God says to someone, you lived a pretty lousy life, and yet I call you mine. That's offensive in a traditional culture. Why? Because it's Mm -hmm. all about the tribe. It's all about respect and honor and paying tribute as a society, about doing your part. What's not offensive at all is the fact that he says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's, it's not something maybe they agree with, but it's certainly not something yeah. that's offensive. And mm-hmm. so how, how dare we call something out as not necessary to the life and person of Jesus just because it offends us, as if to say that in the year 2020, we have every truth necessary to know. <laughs> yeah. And we all know in 100 years, what we call truth is going to be bollocks. Like those people believe they wrote that in that editorial back then. Like mm-hmm. that was on the front of that magazine. How how dare we think that because our culture finds it offensive, it must be wrong? How arrogant to say that every other culture must have it wrong because our culture Amen. is right. And yeah. yet here's Jesus, the man who comes to just demolish all of that, and yet at the same time be there as a baby to pick the pieces back up and live a life where people are drawn to him. Jews are, by the way, Jews. The last person, the last people group on the planet would be Jews who would who would look at someone and say, that person is divine. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And yet when he yeah. died, the Jews were saying, we will flock to him in numbers, in great numbers. There's no way they're going to see a human being as divine. They're the Jews. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. not, it's not possible. And yet when he died, he had a massive following. So there's no, there, there's no middle ground here. There's no lukewarm about this. It's offensive. Yeah. And I think that, that that needs to be at the forefront of our, um, th- our thought process this Christmas is that cr- the Christmas story is an offensive story because it matters, because we have a yeah. God who reached out to us because he loves us. Yeah. Spot on, man. That was, that was incredible. I, I, um, I think I said this in the, uh, the inner circle pre-roll, um, but I'll say it again. So like you have these 12 disciples who are literally with Jesus day and night all the time for, for three years straight. And they're hearing the things coming out of his mouth. Um, they are getting personalized teaching. This is in addition to the teachings that he's giving to the masses and, they're seeing how he's living firsthand and they still don't get it. Right. <laughs> so like like leading up to Jesus's birth, there was the prophecy that the Jews believed, right? That that um, there would be a savior. And in their minds, they interpreted this prophecy, this text, they interpreted to mean there's going to be someone who comes and he's the king and he leads the Jews to victory and they are the, you know, the number one tribe 
uh, you know, and but that wasn't at all what happened. Jesus yeah. came. He was a carpenter's son. Uh, he was born to a virgin. He had to run for his life most of his life. <laughs> he, he, you know, he died at 33 uh, for the sins of the world, the, the entire human race, not just for the Jews. And mm. that shook them mm-hmm. because it didn't fit into their box. It wasn't what they thought they were entitled to. That's right. right. It's that entitlement that is that is the issue. And you hit the nail on the head. Like, just because we perceive the truth as one way does not mean that there isn't more to that truth That's or right. that we have the truth a little bit wrong. Right. And it's pretty foolish to think that we've got it perfectly right. Right. I mean, the the Bible, most of it was written in, in Hebrew and Greek. Mm-hmm. Then there was, you know, translations and interpretations of those translations that get to us. I'm not trying to discount the Bible, but what I'm saying is that there's a good chance that you yourself have misunderstood mm-hmm. the interpretation of this interpretation of this interpretation. <laughs> so just to, to assume that we have the truth when the, the, the literal disciples got it wrong, mm-hmm. one of them even went and... and betrayed Jesus yeah. at the end of the day standing you know, next to him the literal the literal disciples got it wrong how can we say that we have it right yeah and i think if if we ever get to that point that's that's where the pharisees were they felt like they had the truth and they knew it inside and out cuz they had studied the bible and they knew they knew what the truth was yeah. and that's what got them into into trouble right yeah. and so i think we just have to we have to avoid that that's true as that, soon as we start to think that we we know the truth yeah you know it's we have to we have to question uh, it we have to question exactly. we, we have to be a constant we talked about this a lot we have to be the constant place of awe and wonder the bible is the that's inerrant right. word of god that does not give us the right to say i'm reading this verse and my conclusion is this therefore no 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 yeah. no 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 uh-uh sorry you read that verse and you say to yourself oh my gosh how can it be how can mm-hmm. this be? How can this change me? How can this, how can this create in me a response to a God who would do this for me? Not, oh, mm-hmm. okay, it says this. Hey, you over there, you shouldn't be doing that. Like I was when I was yeah. that dumb 18-year-old kid on tour and that kid asked for, uh, to, I think he asked me and Jake, hey, can you guys buy me a pack of cigarettes? I'm like, Psh, I'm a Christian. And Jake's like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell did you what? just say? You know, <laughs> slap me in the face. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That arrogance is what prevents us from seeing the type of God who would send his son to become one of us. Instead, mm. what that arrogance does is say, I, I kind of deserve that. I did this, 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 yeah. this, and this. To your point earlier about Jesus being a carpenter, have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Here was, here was like, I have seven brothers and sisters. Let's just take, for example, my brother Micah. Micah mm-hmm. works as an electrician. If Micah one day was like, hey, I'm the son of God, <laughs> I would be like, all right, you're the scrawny kid that used to hit me and fight with me, and you did this, 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 and this wrong. We used to play together on the soccer team. Like, all right, man. That's why yeah. the Bible says Jesus was not welcome in his hometown because every one of those kids on the soccer team knew him as, oh, yeah, there's Jesus. Yeah. That kid. Right. He was not welcome in his hometown. They did not have a handle on who Jesus was. They could not see it. 
And too mm-hmm. oftentimes we look at that and say, man, how can they not see it? Well, dude, we don't see it either. We don't see it either. Otherwise, we wouldn't treat people like that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't look at that kid looking for cigarettes and say, Psh, I'm a Christian. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guilty, guilty, you know? Yeah. Go in that Sunoco, mm-hmm. buy that kid a pack of smokes, and sit there next to him and smoke one. I don't care if you hate the small cigarettes. The conversation yeah. you're going to have with that kid might be important. And then take the pack of cigarettes with you and throw them out. But don't, don't you, <laughs> I'm not saying, That's, you know, I, leave the pack with it. What you're hitting it, on but. is, yeah, what is, what does love look like? You know, God defines himself as love so often, you know, uh, what does love look like? How do we figure out what love looks like? Study Jesus. Yeah. You want to, we want a representation of how we should be living. If we want to be Christ followers, it's following Christ. It means following what he did, how he treated people, how he, how he responds. And we have to look at ourselves and say, is it, are, do we look like that? I mean, we're human. We're going to screw up. We're not, we're not perfect by any means, but we have, an ex- we have a clear example of, of what we should aspire to be like. And, um, and we do have help <laughs> to, to be like that, right? Yeah. And, and it's funny, like we're, we're talking about this now and I'm just like thinking in my head of all the conversations I've had with people who have either left the faith, quote unquote, as if that's actually, you know, possible, right. stopped thinking right. this way, mm-hmm. uh, or people who, who just won't consider it. And, and nine times out of 10, um, guarantee, you know, granted they do have, some of them have good reasons why yeah. they don't follow. I, I don't hear God. I, you know, I, uh, don't, uh, I've never encountered him. Mm-hmm. Every time I prayed, you know, nothing, you know, nothing good ever happens to me. How could I have such a horrible life mm-hmm. if God is real? You know, there's some really good mm-hmm. reasons, but I would say nine times out of 10, it's because like the only reason is because of a person. Yeah. This person did this to me yep. or this church did this or this happened, uh, because of what this person did or said or how they treated, or I don't want to be like them because they're, they're judgmental. Like nine times out of 10, the reason for someone not being a Christian or leaving Christianity, so to speak, Mm -hmm. is just because of people. Yep. Like, when did we stop looking at the truth? Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That means Jesus is the way he is the truth Mm -hmm. and he is the life. Those are three things that all work together. Like we talk about this like vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know the way unless you know the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't have a life mm-hmm. unless you know the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. It, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And maybe maybe it doesn't actually. Maybe I don't fully understand that. I, <laughs> I don't know how I could possibly fully understand that. But it makes sense to me that he is the way. Let's We need to look at Jesus. Yeah. And what better time to do this? I mean, there's two big things. So there's Christmas, obviously, which there's a lot of other hype and a lot of other things happening around Christmas, Santa Claus and lights and the traditions and stuff like that. But, but Jesus is the reason. But then we also have this new year, which, yeah, the new year is just another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nothing really actually changes. But uh, it's a day that marks a fresh start. Mm-hmm. What better time to refocus than right now? Mm-hmm. Right. And what does refocusing mean? It means setting our eyes on the truth. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. We need to look at, at what he did, what he said, how he treated people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, 
that's Christianity. That's right. It, when you boil it down, don't look at what the church is doing. Don't look at what the people are doing. Look at what Jesus is doing. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's that's he defines who we are. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. I think today, as you're getting together with family, you can remember. I just I hope that this sinks in so that your interactions with family members, with loved ones, um, is affected in, in even the smallest way. That someone that disagrees with you about COVID, about race relations, all of the all of the things that all the current issues, important issues and things you might not see as important issues, unimportant issues would, would be would be issues that would be secondary to the fact that the person you're talking to is someone that um, has a perspective that they're convicted about. They have convictions just like you, just like you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be saying what they're saying. Right. Um, and if if we can let this sink into a part of our hearts that's a little deeper than before, then we could treat people a little bit better, right? That's the point here. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can do that most effectively by by remembering that what God did for us is so much greater than anything that we could ever do for somebody else. And when we realize that it was done for us, it's not all that hard to treat somebody else well, even though, like Tim, you were saying, yeah, this guy came up to be in the grocery store and told me to take my mask off. You don't need to wear that thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, I know. My wife's pregnant. I'm trying to be careful here, you know? Yeah. Like you could have responded yeah. in a way that wasn't very nice. And certainly yeah. you didn't uh, because you're, you're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But <laughs> I didn't you, even respond. I was just like, all right, dude, cool. Is that right, what you thanks, said? Man. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I didn't even tell Merry him. Christmas, you filthy like, animal. I mean, hey, you know, good, good for you, man. I was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't going to accept anything else. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, what being the bigger person sometimes is just, you know, you don't have to say your piece. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be right. Uh you just have to treat people with love mm-hmm. That's and right. respect. That's right. And sometimes that means just saying, yeah, ma'am, cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in that moment, I did not feel the need to, to tell him how I felt right. and nor would it have done anything if I did, no. you know, so. That's right. <laughs> well, Tim, I will not say that to you. Instead, I will say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and Merry Christmas to all of you listening. We hope that this yeah. this part of the podcast was helpful in understanding just what has been done for you, that God reached out to you because he loves you. He loves mm-hmm. you and he cares about you. And by the way, he knows you. And yet he still loves you. And that mm-hmm. is true love. Superficial love says, I love you, but I don't really know you. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing in the world would be for someone to say, I know you, but I don't love you. But God Mm -hmm. says both at the same time. I know you and what you've done and what you'll do, what you're doing, and yet I still love you. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said. When he sent his son, Jesus, he followed through 33 years later by doing the unthinkable and giving his life as someone innocent, sinless for the sake of the world. And it right. all started in a manger next to a jackass and a sheep. <laughs> Unthinkable. Yep. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
Yeah. Insane. Insane. Yeah. But we'll leave you we'll leave you with that on the on the faith side. I guess let's, this is uh, why we usually into... end with faith. <laughs> this is why we usually end with faith. How do we how do we follow that up? I don't know. Jackass and his sheep. So but wait, there's myrrh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the myrrh. Uh, yeah, the myrrh. Yeah, the drum topic. Myrrh. Uh they they call yeah. a snare so drum. Our drum uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool drums, drums. Uh yeah, our drum topic today, I think, is pretty pretty timely. I think it makes sense to do this after Christmas. You know, we just talked about Christmas. Now we're going to talk about the new year. Yeah, uh, we're all we're all ready for the new year. So we're going to talk about. Uh, I think we have talked about setting goals for ourselves and how important that is. Um, but we're going to talk about it again real quick. And I just want to preface with um, we had a. I, it was last night. Uh, we were on a call with Matt Garska. Um, some of you might not know who that is. Uh, he's the drummer for Animals as Leaders and a number of other uh, groups. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're counting down. We're counting down the time. I know. We're running short on time. I'll keep it quick. I'll keep it quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, you didn't say anything. Uh, but yeah, it was an amazing call. And Matt shed a lot of uh, light on you know, setting goals and practicing and, you know, the time it takes to be as proficient as he is, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, I thought, I mean, it was the first drummer hangout that I ever attended. Um, and I can't believe it's taken me this What'd long. You think, Tim? What a great group of people. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. I love the respect. I love that no one was there with an ego. Yeah. You know, the questions that were asked were like self-incriminating, yeah. which I was surprised about. Like, you know, I'm the type of person who, if I'm going to ask a question to someone who I consider to be a hero, I might phrase it in a way that's a little bit more like, you know, I've done this and I've done this and I just, you know, I'm just curious what your thought is about this instead of like, I need help with this. I've only been, I can't do it, you know, (laughs) like... And so there, every like the questions were like, and dude, like straight up, like I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good at this. Yeah, and the people some, asking the questions were proficient drummers. Like Anthony Barone, like, yeah, is is dude, a legitimate, but, successful, professional musician. Like half the drummers there are like. 10, 20 times better than me. There. And I was like, dude, like you guys are. <laughs> and no one talks I mean, it about just, it. We just keep it quiet, you know, and just. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was so much respect. Everyone just wanted to hang out with other drummers. There was no ego. I loved that. Um, and uh, yeah, just a great group of, of guys, great questions being asked and, and Matt had great answers and, but it, it, you know, it did make me think, you know, we're coming up on the new year. Um, again, it is just a day. Yeah. There's nothing really that changes. You know, you wake up the next day and it's another day. Yeah. But, um, for whatever reason, we've decided to, uh, set this as the start of our year of our moon cycle and, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so here we are, we have a chance to, uh, mentally make this a fresh start, you know? And so coming into 2021, I know probably more people than ever are, seeing this as a fresh start, a clean slate. Let's forget about 2020 <laughs> and uh, and move on. And, um, you know, so how do we take that and and put that into drumming here? You know, what what goals do we set for ourselves and, and how do we um, focus on the right things? Hmm. Yeah. Big question. Uh, in Matt Karska, we saw someone, we see someone who has worked so hard to get to where he is. Mm. And the thing that stuck out to me the most, Tim, was the fact that he, he, so he was asked about Berkeley. Berkeley, 
Berkeley College in Massachusetts, very proficient top-notch music school. He was asked by a student um, about how to network. This kid's a student there right now. How, how do you network? How do you, how do you rise to the top? How do you meet the right people? Matt's response was, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was a loner. I sat in the practice space, I think he said six to eight hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. And I love that so much because it was a great not long after he said, yeah, me and another guy in passing, he was telling the story, you know, and he's like, yeah, me and this other guy were trying out for Lady Gaga. (laughs) That's what he said. Me and this other guy were trying (laughs) for Lady Gaga. I was like second or third in the list. This guy didn't network at all. He was a loner. What did he do? He practiced. And he's getting an audition for Lady Gaga and rising to the top three. What better proof mm-hmm. do you need, man? Just get yeah. on your kit. Yeah. Just sit down and play. There are a million excuses about why you can't, what you need first. You don't have this, you need that. Just do it, just do it. You gotta start, you, yeah. you have to start. You you won't do it unless you start. Sounds dumb, think about it. You, you won't do it unless you start. And once you start, you yeah. get into a groove. The more you play, the more you'll want to play. The more you practice, the more you'll want to practice. It's really simple. And we've created all of these resources. I'm contributing with my website (laughs) to the distraction (laughs) of like, I need to get this first or I need to learn this first. No, you don't. Just sit down and play. Matt brought up last night. People always say, I need to get out of my comfort zone. And Vinny Kaliuta told him one time, no, you don't. Play in your comfort zone. How do you play? Find, mm-hmm. find that path, find that road, and go as fast as you can down it. Right? Yeah. There are all different types of players in the world. You are who you are. You're built the way you're built. So sit down and figure out what that looks like, but you got to start playing. My goal for you this year as a listener, as a drummer, is just to get down on your kit and just play like it's your first time. Because you started yep. playing out of a love for the drums. If someone forced your hand, that might be a little bit different. But typically, the stories I've heard, that's typically piano. Why would any parent want to force their kid to play drums, right? The loudest, <laughs> most expensive <laughs> instrument. It's right. usually piano. So if you started playing drums, yep. more than likely it's because you loved it, you wanted to, you couldn't wait to start. Find that again. 2021. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, now we don't even really have to embellish much more than that because, you know. Do you agree um, with that, Tim? Is that, I I mean, does that resonate with you? 100%. Okay. 100%, 100%. Because it doesn't matter where you're at, what level of drumming or, you know, whether it's a career like Matt or whether it's like me, uh, you know, a full-time dad and a, you know, nine-to-five guy, (laughs) you know. (laughs) It resonates because... It is literally that simple. Yeah. And Shia LaBeouf said it the best. Nike said it the best. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, just just get on the kit and play. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are consistent on the kit, um, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, what, like, we talked, uh, and I think it was in the goals episode, but we broke it down um, two ways. And one is, and this is how, this is how I approach a lot of things, not just drums, but I set, um, I set a feasible goal and an unrealistic goal. Mm -hmm. The feasible goal I hold myself to, Mm -hmm. 
For me, it's like getting on the kit every week. Mm-hmm. If I can get on the kit every week, I, I know I know I can do That's that. Great. If I make the time, I can get on the kit every week. An unrealistic goal, um, release a drum video. Yeah. Every week or every which is a lot more work, once a, month, a lot more time. Which is yeah, 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 seriously, exactly. You know, release a cover song with some friends. I'm still trying to do that. Yeah. You know, that's like, like that's an unrealistic goal. Yeah. Um, when I hit it, I feel very accomplished and I feel very happy. Yeah. Um, but having those two, like, if I'm hitting my feasible goals, I know okay, I can do this. I should be doing it. If I'm not, I'm failing. If I'm doing it, I'm succeeding. Mm-hmm. If I have my unrealistic goal. That's I'm shooting for the stars because if I if I hit it, psh, man, that's a good feeling. Yeah. If I don't, it's okay. Yeah. It was unrealistic yeah. to begin yeah. with, right? <laughs> um, and so, and I think that's how you got to approach, you know, this new year. Set set some new goals for yourself. You mm-hmm. know, um, assess where you're at. And and I think what Matt said and, and Matt uh, Garska mm-hmm. said, and you you highlighted it was just you know, um, find your comfort zone. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, there's no reason to spend hours and hours failing at something. Yeah. Uh, and I think you put That's it exactly into right. words very good. It was, it was, um, I forget how you put it, uh, smile, uh, shred. Mm-hmm. Smile, suck, uh, shred. No, smile, suck, shred. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, spend some time doing those things that are uncomfortable. Teach yourself some things. Um, fail a few times. Failure is important. Mm-hmm with anything, but especially drums, if you're not failing, then you're not trying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're going to (laughs) fail at drums (laughs) and that's how you learn. You got to keep failing in order to succeed. Um, And then, and then shred, then play in your comfort zone because that's going to keep you happy. It's going to keep you joyful. Exactly. And if you're following that format, setting, setting realistic goals and then unrealistic goals and smiling, sucking, and then shredding, and finding your comfort and shredding, you're going to be set up real nicely. Shredding's going to bring you back to the kit the next time. See, that's yep. why it's important yep. to end with that. Most people end with the suck. They play yep. for a while, they have <laughs> right. fun, and then they play something they up. can't play, and they throw their sticks down. Well, what what motivates you to come back to that? You know, yeah. it's like it's like getting into a car crash every time you drive, and saying, "I love driving." Mm-hmm. It starts off pretty good, and then you end in a crash. Yeah. It's like, eh, you're probably going to stop driving after a while. You know how it ends. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not going to go yeah. well. You got to give yourself that payoff <laughs> at the end, man. You know? Yeah. Play something you can yeah. play, but with a little bit of flash. Turn on your camera then. Yeah. And by the way, the other thing, we do a lot of, we, we think a lot about our phones and Instagram and social media when we're playing. It's the world we live in. Try to turn that part of your your brain off. Maybe one day a week, yeah. think about that, and and every other time, it's just you in a room practicing and bettering yourself. Yeah, yeah. As a creative, so I have a little. I'll, I'll keep it short. I have a short story. We're working on a big creative campaign at work, and um, I'm realizing more and more that as a creative, I cannot work. I can't be creative when I have, uh, like a real short timeline. Mm-hmm. If, if they're like, all right, I need some really good ideas in the next four hours, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be under pressure, and I can't be creative under mm-hmm. pressure. And and that has been really difficult for this campaign because there's timelines, and we have to hit these deadlines. Yeah. And I just I can't just turn on yeah. that part of my brain. You know, it needs to, like, it comes in my sleep. Yeah. I wake up with an idea or I, I have an idea in the shower. I have an idea while I'm driving. Yeah. In fact, I actually decided I am not going to sit at my laptop and trying to come up with ideas. I'm working, but I'm going to go for a drive. Yeah. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go, you know, food shopping, 
because then I'll actually come up with an idea. <laughs> um, and I, I think Nat said it perfectly. Turn off that part of your brain where you feel like there's pressure to create content or to perform or to be perfect because um, if you alleviate that pressure, um, I believe this is how it is for me. I believe that you can be more creative, mm -hmm. and I think that creativity is going to flow a lot more if you can just set aside the pressure, mm -hmm. set aside the need to uh, put content out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I've had to do myself recently. Like I felt like pressured that every time I got in the kit, I had to end up with some kind of result mm -hmm. to share because people were expecting right. it. Um, and I'm like, no, that's, that's killing it for yeah. me. I love creating content. Yeah. It's great. It's worth it. Um, but that can't be the no goal. Way. The goal has to be me getting on the kit, playing drums, enjoying it. Yep, that's right. The, res the, the content is the result of that. That's right. So. That's exactly right. That's well said. Huge thank you yep. to our inner circle for supporting us this year. Yes. Cannot thank you guys enough. We have an amazing group best. of people. If you're interested in signing up and supporting us, we use the money in few ways. One way is to give back to our communities and those in need. And the other way is to make this podcast better. Uh, Tim and I are relying on our full-time jobs to put food on the table and keep a roof under our head, <laughs> you know, over our heads and hopefully over our heads, not under our heads. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a relief because this is just for fun. So yeah. thanks for the support that the Inner Circle's provided. Uh, if you want to follow us online, please do so. Tim's got the links. That's right. Yeah, if you're interested in supporting us uh, or just being more involved, our Inner Circle are the best group of individuals. Um, you can sign up at patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. That money just goes towards growing this podcast, keeping it going, um, you know, uh, keeping our expenses paid so that, uh, you know, we can focus on our jobs on the off hours, mm -hmm. right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or the on hours, depending on how yeah. you look at it. But I do have a couple new shout-outs. So uh, welcome to the Inner Circle, Liam Camerman and Aaron Centeno. Uh, thank you welcome, guys, guys for your thank support. Thank you. Uh, really good to have you. Um, and yeah, if, if you, um, well, thank you for listening to this episode, especially on Christmas or around Christmas. Not sure when you're actually listening to this right now, but, but thank you. Um, and, uh, if you're, you know, interested, have any comments, questions, you can hit us up, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com, or, uh, you can, uh, hit us up on Instagram at holyghostnotes or Facebook or Twitter or what, wherever you want. Um, but we appreciate you all. Thank you all for listening. And uh, have a Merry Christmas. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Yes, yes. All right. What's the word of the hour, Matt? I didn't realize that you ended your uh, drummer hangouts this way as well. <laughs> I, that was a shock to was me. Was it? Three, I got two, a little chuckle, one. a little smile out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what time it is. And if you don't, you'll find out. Here we go. Three, two, one. That's right. Peace. Peace.